section 2 lesson 14 the fear of men is a dangerous trap let's go to proverbs 29 verse 25 prepare Matthew 10 verse 28 in the meantime let's go to proverbs 29 verse 25 it says the fear of men brings a snare the other version says the fear of men will prove to be a dangerous trap Matthew 10 verse 28 says and do not fear those who kill the body but who cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell again and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell there is nothing as scary as the eyes of men guys <laughs> we are taught guys not only to respect elders but also taught to fear them as well as people who can bring great punishment to us but what if an elder is completely wrong what can one do oftentimes we have parents who do not even want to hear about jesus we have parents who do things they ought not to do we have parents who consume alcohol we have parents who take drugs we have parents who gossip we have parents who lie more scarily though we have parents who go to church but never obey daddy we have parents who don't believe in doing god's will what can a child do in such a situation i look at the life of joseph joseph was most loved by his father and he had 11 brothers who were older than him this means joseph never had a word never had a say never had an opinion even about his own life if daddy wanted to use him and do things through him there could be great hindrance to his will even his very own father who dearly loved him could be a great hindrance remember the former things of old for i am god and there is no other i am god and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and i will do all my pleasure calling a bed of prey from the east the man who executes my counsel from a far country indeed i have spoken it i will also bring it to pass i have purposed it i will also do it you'll find it in isaiah 46 verse 9 to 11 if daddy had not done what he had done in the case of joseph joseph would not have had the courage to leave his father his family he would not have the courage to speak to his own siblings about god's will yes daddy had revealed himself to the youngest but they could not listen to him because they were born years before he knew about god so how could he lecture them about him they could not even believe him about him about god the only thing daddy could do was to take him away from them while having courage does not necessarily mean that you do not fear or do not feel a fear it does mean that you are to do the right thing in spite or in the presence of fear do you understand the angle one uses at that point is just doing the right thing this is a motivation joseph was very young at the time to be motivated by doing the right thing he did not even know what was right from wrong the other person i want to talk, uh, to talk about here is abraham abraham was the firstborn by nature firstborns are to walk in the footsteps of their fathers abraham had an obligation to take over his father for abraham to up and leave with his wife demanded courage from his side even worse it's absolutely impossible to allow your son to up and leave from just hearing from a god you don't even know 
But again, Abraham's father did not have the right to force him to do anything for Abraham. was old. And as and he had his own mind. Abraham is the one who heard from God himself. And Abraham was the one who was accountable for what he had heard. A promise. And doing the right thing was a great motivation for Abraham. Did Abraham uh, had fears about doing this? Absolutely. Believe me. Absolutely. First of all, he feared what his father would think of him. Of his sudden decision. He feared doing something that he had never done in the past. This is because this is why we say courage is not the absence of fear, but doing the right thing in the absence of fear. Even worse, Abraham might have spoken to Daddy, but Abraham did not trust him at first because he didn't know if he was trustworthy. When courage guys is involved, comparing the form of punishment from both sides is a must. Any person who does something that requires courage has great fears which can only be quenched by the motivation of doing the right thing. In fact, looking at all the people daddy dealt with in the Old Testament, one will confidently say these people feared greatly, but were only motivated by but, but they were not only motivated by doing the right thing, but they feared dead himself. If you read Jeremiah 1 verse 17, it says, Therefore prepare yourself and rise and speak to them. All that I command you, do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. Mm. Even Jeremiah was told not to fear people. It was normal for Jeremiah to have some sort of fear. I mean, he was going against people who were way older than him. He was going against not only the community, but the whole nation of Israel. Who, who wouldn't be scared? We must remember that people on earth do not want to hear God's will. No one. People in churches don't want to hear God's will or word. They want to hear about money. They, they want to hear about their own words. Jeremiah was going against elders, people who were highly esteemed in Israel. Jeremiah was going against the church. In every generation, it starts off as God's church and it ends up as Satan's church. People of the world always get in and change the word, and Jeremiah was sent to that kind of people. These people had strayed away from God's word to their own word, and for a small child to stand in front of them and rebuke them and tell them they were wrong, that, guys, that could frighten even a long white beard man. How much more a kid, a Sunday school kid. When you read about Jeremiah, you could sense the pain and suffering. The kid experienced so much hatred from people he cursed the day he was born. Go to Jeremiah 20 verse 14. He says, Cursed be the day in which I was born. Let the day not be blessed in which my mother bore me. I want us to look at, at another group, the group of Jesus, but starting with him himself. It is important that we understand that what Jesus taught was not written anywhere else. He actually came to start up a new kingdom, which it's, guys, with its new teachings. And we know how people frown at anything new. The only thing Jesus had on his side was the fact that daddy had uh, told the old covenant people that he was coming. That it. In fact, the Old Testament was about prophet proclaiming his coming to earth. Yes, they were told he would bring a new covenant, but not necessarily what he was to say. 
Mm-hmm. I mean that people did not even recognize Jesus because some of the things that were written about him were obscured. Any reader of the Bible will tell you how scattered it is. It all that did this on purpose. Most of what is written in the, in the Bible is in parable language, meaning it, it is in symbol language. And parable language is a language of the Spirit. It is a language of, um, yes, the language of the Spirit. It's very difficult to understand. Do you wonder why believers will start off as believers and just end up as churchgoers? People are confused by that book. Well, the horse's mouth did say that himself, he only makes things clearly understood to his very own elect. You'll find it, I think it's Matthew 13 verse 10 to 11. He says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to people in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Jesus came with the most difficult teachings ever. The condition of remaining his disciples or his follower is impossible to bear. I just want us to look at a few conditions. He says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of heaven. And, and another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. You'll find it in, in, in the Gospel of Luke 9, verse 56, verse 62. Guys, I look at this man who approached Jesus without knowing what it takes to be his followers. And I sit and feel sorry for him. Firstly, there is nothing as painful as losing a loved one. This guy must have been grieving already. He might have thought, well, since this is a man of God, he will sympathize and, and allow me to go and bury my father. Likely did he know that in Jesus' mind, only God's will rule. Jesus does not look at funerals the way we look at it. Why? Jesus sees man's spirit. He can spot a dead spirit from afar. To die for Jesus is to be like Adam after disobeying God's command. Departing from one's body is not dead for Jesus because he knows where people go after leaving this place, either hell or, or heaven. Whereas we look at death from human's point of view, we have never, guys, we have never left this room we were born into. Some don't even believe in the life after death because they don't have proof of it. So when this man spoke to his, uh, of his father, Jesus just thought of a spiritually dead person and concluded that he was not to attend it. But at the same time, Jesus wanted to instill the importance of doing God's will. Perhaps the only important thing in life. From that time on, this guy knew Jesus to be a hard man. Maybe someone who did not even show emotions. The second guy just wanted to go and bid them farewell and just say, bye-bye. <laughs> Jesus did not even allow it. You see, the moment Jesus speaks to a person, he expects a response. What I mean is that Jesus does not want you to go and get permission from anyone to do his will. It's your sole decision. I can imagine the family of this guy. They were looking for him. And when they found him, they must have shouted. But he learned that there is no permission required to do God's will. No one can give it. 
you are not required to get permission from your parents. You are not required to get permission from your elders. You are not required to get permission from your friends. This is an individual's prerogative. This does, however, mean one is not scared. This does not mean that we are not scared. You understand? But it's courage of doing what? The right thing. So Jesus, guys, was only motivated by doing God's will. In fact, what transpired at the Garden of Gethsemane almost turned our history upside down. Jesus prayed a prayer that no one expected from him. I certainly did not. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. You find it in Matthew 29. This is fear, not fear of men. As in like Jesus, guys, was scared of men. Uh-uh. But it was fear of the pain he was going to endure. Already Jesus had been, guys, shamed in front of these men. Jesus had told these men that he is the bread that will never die. And for him to just die in front of them, I mean, Jesus was, there, was at their mercy. This is shame in its full potential. Have you ever seen shame in its full potential? This is shame in its fullest. We know that Jesus did not mean that death, I mean, the physical death. Uh -uh. He means the spiritual death, but they did not know. The, the teachings that Jesus gave them were horrible, horrible teachings. Imagine not loving money. Imagine not loving the things of the world. Imagine not planning your own life. What is worse than this? I don't know if there is. Yet Jesus did not stop preaching his messages. And for that very reason, that guy was killed. He was killed. Go to John 15. The Gospel of John 15. 15 to 18, verse, 15 to, uh, verse 18 to 21. It says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hates you, hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake because they do not know him who sent me. Guys, his disciples knew how hard Jesus was. They knew what he went through and feared him. They feared him. This is why they were exactly like him. They kept his message to the end. They were beaten to death for it. They shunned pain and suffering as if it didn't exist. I want us to remember that not only did they know Jesus and how strict he was, but they also were shown proof of Jesus' teachings, like the existence of heaven and hell. I mean, who wouldn't fear after seeing hell? Hell is a permanent punishment, guys. Who would like to go there? I mean, seriously, after seeing it. Nobody. This is why his disciples obeyed Jesus to the very end. They did not stop preaching his message against the love of money and the things, material things. Will you preach it? No ways, you wouldn't. If you do, who wouldn't hate you? Who wouldn't hate you? Telling them not to love money. Telling them not to love things. I mean, nobody on earth wants Jesus. People want money and things. Inside churches, I'm talking about people who go to church. They don't want to hear this. Jesus was killed by people who went to synagogues. By elders, pastors. They don't want to hear this. That's why today we hear the message about love about Jesus giving us millions and, 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 and blessings. Nobody wants to hear. 
Jesus' message, nobody. Who will not hate you? What kept them going? Apart from the love of God, it was fear of the consequences of disobeying him, of preaching a wrong message. Fear can never be faked. It comes from knowing something. It comes from seeing something. It comes from within. The sad part is that everyone will depart from the earth and it will be too late. What Jesus' disciples saw while he's on this side, most will see after. And it will be too late. Words to the wise though, never fear men. They have no power over you unless you give them. I'm telling you this, nobody has power over you. Nobody has power over me. I'm telling you, I don't even give people power over me. Nobody, nobody. I make sure because I don't want to go to hell for anyone. No, 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 no. So words to the wise, never fear men. They have no power over you unless you give them. Thank you.